Welcome back to Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, everyone. Wow, we are in for an interesting time in Isaiah, I fear. Maybe not fear, like I'm excited about it, but... This uh, this episode was only the second one, and we are deep into Isaiah's fever dream of whatever the heck is going on here. Uh, I, I don't will know. take it over endless IKEA instructions and repetition. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, it's just like a different flavor for the Bible. You know, like we've gotten yeah. we've gotten like super waxing poetic in Job. We've gotten more action packed in like Genesis and Exodus. And then just like sheer boredom and numbers and Deuteronomy, <laughs> and now we're we're in for something a little bit different. So I don't know. I, what do you, what do you two think about it? Yeah, it is definitely like a change of pace, a change of mm-hmm. gears, a change. It does actually remind me a little bit of Job, where it's we're kind of going yeah. back to like what what is like the feeling of what we're going for and what are we trying to discuss within that context instead of just like here's a chronology of the kings and sort of a historical account of what happened it is it is very different for sure yeah for sure it's it's a fun time and uh let's see what did i look up today i looked up about stuff that happened like towards the beginning. You said you looked up all the food. I looked up some of the food stuff. So <laughs> okay. So fi- yeah, in chapter five, um, he talked about grapes. He talked about these Garbage wild grapes. with these wild grapes, which also uh, could be. Could be thought of as garbage grapes from different. <laughs> what that was in the the message that they talked yeah, about garbage, garbage grapes. grapes. Yeah. So from this biblical commentary on BibleHub.com, apparently it's a small grape. So it says with reference to the wild grape, a writer describing the useful plants of Greece says its fruit consists of very small berries, not much larger than bilberries with a harsh flavor. Bilberries. Bilberries. I don't know how big bilberries are. Yeah, what are they? They look to be about the size of blueberries. Hmm. They look like hmm. blueberries. Oh, well, a grape, I guess, is bigger than a blueberry. But the thing, though, is that wine grapes are actually quite small. Some varietals, anyway. It's surprising. They're actually almost closer to the size of blueberries. So I don't know what they're going going on about. I don't know. I mean, maybe in that time, like, varietals of grapes were, were one specific size, and they they shunned all the other sizes of but, grapes. Yeah, maybe these what are they called? Bilberries. Bilberries. Maybe these bilberries just don't make good wine. They're just gross. Maybe. I mean, it's not specifically bilberries, but it's the size that it indicates oh, that see. it's like a size garbage of garbage. Garbage grapes make garbage wine. Everyone. Knows I guess that. so. It just right. says okay. Finally, it says these were the grapes which the vineyard produced, such as you might indeed have expected from a wild vine, but not from a carefully cultivated vine of mm. the very choicest kind. Yes. So Love thank it. you, BibleHub.com, for that searing searing uh indictment of these <laughs> bilberries <laughs> i don't know these bilberry-esque and what grapes other, what other food stuff did you look up i looked up stuff about butter and honey so okay okay did this... you actually find anything because i wasn't sure what you would find from that i 
it says okay. I in everyone take us with a grain of salt because it's on Bible study or maybe a pound of butter. Yeah, a mm. pound of butter. I don't know. Salt not butter. a pound of butter. A pat oh, of butter. A pat. Jeez, Emily. What's a pat? Like a little like a little slice. Pat. Yeah. Pat. You just pat yeah. it down there. Yeah. But salted okay. butter. So then you're getting a grain of salt and you're getting a pat of butter at the salt same time. Salt and pat of butter. Yeah. yeah. It says, as the Messiah Jesus no doubt did since he was born in a land flowing with milk and honey and in a time of plenty being in a time of general peace. So that's interesting. This is something that I'm not going to, that's not going to like happen for a long time, but that right. he existed around a time of general peace, at least or at when least he was a baby. In the prophecy, he's predicting that this baby will be born at a time of general peace. He'll be able to eat I butter and honey so. and there'll be plenty and it'll be great. Well, yeah, it says so that this phrase points at a place where and in the time when the Messiah should be born as well as expresses the truth of his human nature in the manner of his bringing up, which was in common with that of other children. It signifies the cream of milk as well as the butter. And milk and honey were common food for infants during this time. Hold on. I don't know who is writing this, but <laughs> this... Some person... Well, this is like, from, from where? Bible... Bible study... BibleStudyTools.com are our favorite. But I'm like, like what this sounds like to me is they're like, yeah, it's it means he's he's a baby and he's gonna be a, a child. He's gonna eat food, you know. Well, like babies also eat no, food. It, it goes further than that because it does say that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Yes, meaning not knowledge of good and bad food. So as to choose the one and refuse the other, but knowledge of moral good and evil. And this does okay. not... I'm sorry. Again, I did not need that clarified. When well, that verse went on to say he'll know to choose the good and reject the evil, I wasn't yeah. thinking he's going to become a connoisseur of butter and honey. Well, <laughs> it, it literally says this after. This does not design the end of his eating butter and honey as if that were was in order to gain such knowledge, which have so no such use okay, and I, tendency. I'm firing this writer. I'm just okay. I'm putting them in the garbage. They can go in the garbage with the grapes. This is. I'm it sorry. says that he'll just he'll live on this food until he was grown up. Okay, good. You so, shouldn't be giving honey yeah. to, to babies anyway. He's gonna he's gonna eat all this butter and honey and stuff until he gets older. I mean, I'm no baby so, nutritionist, so I, I can't can't weigh yeah, in I feel on like this he honey. Needs, and I feel like he's going to need more than just that. On literally Honestly, every single package of honey or jar of honey, it says "Don't feed honey to infants under a year of age." Really? Did you not notice that? No. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, you're not I supposed to give it never, to them. I've never seen that. Is it because but, it will bring about the destruction of your kingdom from the Assyrians? Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Good. But okay. uh, apparently there's a risk of infant botulism, specifically. Huh. Yeah. So it must be because, I mean, some honey is not pasteurized in... in Definitely yeah, wasn't that fast. With raw honey. Yeah, with raw honey. I mean, yeah, and yeah I think raw it's, honey it's is like supposed to be the best for you. But probably something about their digestive flori, you yeah, know, not being not established vegan, enough to be able to deal no. with with the the bugs that are in raw honey so yeah don't give your baby raw honey don't do it i know you came to this podcast for baby advice and i'm telling you (laughs) don't Don't, do it don't do it there you go there you go (sighs) wow 
well, okay, that that is that's interesting, Emily, because the stuff that I ended up looking up was about the whole virgin shall conceive line. Okay. So and it sounded like it what you were reading to do with what I just talked about. Well, what you were reading all had to do with that prophecy. They were talking yeah, about that baby totes. and like it determining right from wrong and like all those mm-hmm. sorts of things, which is all yeah. having to do with that prophecy where totally. he was talking about this virgin shall conceive a baby that will eat milk and honey. And before it can tell right from wrong, I guess some things will happen. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> some stuff will happen. I don't uh, know. Some It'll stuff cool. will happen. Yeah. So, okay. This one clearly is a verse that is talked about a lot. And I I have a very strong association of always reading the handful of verses in Isaiah. Do um, you? Specifically at Christmas Eve services at church. Right. Fascinating. Right. And for me, the association is with Handel's Messiah, which of course references that, which I'm not actually sure if Handel's Messiah is referencing Isaiah directly or if it's quoting the book of Matthew, perhaps, that's quoting Isaiah. Um, But like, so something that I learned in looking this up is that mm-hmm. Isaiah, at the time of the writing of the Gospels in the New Testament, Isaiah was like the hotness, right? Oh, cool. Everybody loved it. He was yeah. like, so the hotness. Like all Whatever. the early Christians were super into Isaiah, which... Mm-hmm. Was he, he, because he was like the Hamilton, this like <laughs> obscure was. historical oh, figure that everyone like, I oh see. my God, now that we know yeah. what he's about and we read his hit musical, he's totally. super hot and cool and everyone knows about him. Totally. Yeah, perhaps, yes. perhaps in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' birth, there had also just been a musical that came out that was Isaiah the musical. <laughs> yes. I love it. That yes. makes sense. That makes per- sense. Perfect casting. Yeah, so what I learned was that uh, the book of Isaiah was the most popular of all the prophetic books amongst early Christians, and it accounts for more than half of all the allusions and quotations in the New Testament. Whoa. Wow. So Isaiah is a big freaking deal for this time. Dang. Uh, And of the, so over half of the quotations and allusions are from Isaiah, and more than half of those quotations and allusions are quotations attributed to Jesus. So he also, okay. in the Gospels, quotes Isaiah a lot. Okay, Whoa. huge Hamilton okay. fan. Great. Huge okay. Hamilton Love super, fan. He super loved big. It. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so something, too, that's kind of interesting just to deal with like historically is that what we're reading right now was you know written in, in Hebrew, Right. Mm -hmm. And that by the time of Jesus, the Jews of Palestine didn't speak Hebrew anymore. They spoke Greek because they're the ones who had kind of conquered that Greek and and Aramaic. So kind of the two languages during Jesus's time are Greek and Aramaic. But at the time we're reading now, it was Hebrew. So there's when you're comparing like a word that's used in the Old Testament to a word that's used in the New Testament Right from the start, there's a little bit of a translation question because they were in two different languages. Okay. Right? So this comes up because in this thing in Isaiah, he prophecies this virgin, in quotes. Whatever that means. It could mean many different things. Yeah. Right. So the word that is used here is Alma, 
which mm. is a Hebrew word for a young woman of childbearing age, generally associated with it being her first child, that she has not had a child before. Okay. I and see. So just her that's womb it. is virginal. Yeah. Not right. Not necessarily. That's a good point. Vagina. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I mean, my womb's virginal. <laughs> yeah, like. I'm, I'm womb, a womb virgin also. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah, so this word Alma that's used here in Isaiah just refers to a young woman who hasn't had a, who potentially hasn't had a child before, maybe still has. That's, that's okay. unclear. And that she will, she will name her son Emmanuel. And the wording and the grammar makes it clear that she is the one who names the son this. So I guess that's the prophecy is that like someone's going to have a kid and she's going to name her kid this. Mm-hmm. That's part of the prophecy. And that it's kind of about the time frame because it's like before this child can tell right from wrong or say mommy and daddy or whatever, God yeah. will have taken care of your enemies. Right. Good. So, so that's nice. that. Thanks. Thanks, God. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the book of Matthew... He uses the word, uh, where is it here? I just looked it up, Parthenos, which is a Greek word that does more mean virgin. And okay. as in our sense of the word virgin, our sense of okay. the word virgin, yeah. It's apparently there's like a little debate about that, but from what I could find in the Greek, it is a little more clear. And so there's this debate of like Matthew uses this word Parthenos to talk about this prophecy from Isaiah. And kind of puts this meaning of virgin on it Mm. that perhaps had not been there in the original prophecy. And so part of the stuff I learned about this that was crazy is that the the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, which came out a while back in 52, translators rendered this word Alma from the Old Testament as young woman instead of virgin. And it became a huge controversy. Oh no! Because it's like, how dare you imply that, that, maybe that it wasn't not Mary the prophecy? Had sex. Well, this wow. isn't even about Mary. This is about the prophecy from Isaiah. But how dare you imply that this prophecy might not be about this thing a, a straight from up Matthew, virgin. right? And, and so, uh, what was it? There was apparently um, a very uh, public burning of a copy of the revised standard version from a pastor Uh, and yeah it became this like big deal um and so then there's also this argument about this word parthenos from the new testament also originally apparently meant young woman and not virgin and it wasn't until later greek that it became like that it came to mean virgin in the sense of not having sex so like Mm -hmm. even during matthew's time it might not have meant that thing that we now take it to. Uh, so yeah, a- anyway, the the whole thing was super fascinating of just like yeah. how much drama goes on around so specific much. wording and like what prophet musicals were hot during the time of <laughs> Jesus' birth. And like you said, you've said on the show before of how much power translators have. Oh, for sure. Oh gosh, yeah. 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 Cause like what if King James, I don't know, had a different stance word on it. Or, yeah well exactly yeah i mean so, you know that is what my grandmother found to be the word of god and like mm. 
everything else was blasphemy, essentially, in comparison. Mm. To the King James. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, and I'm assuming she's not the only one, so that's yeah. really yeah. interesting. That's nuts. Whew. Well, All right, what I, did you do, Dedeker? Yeah, I wanted to look more into Isaiah the man with his the man, man the man's man pen. pen yeah his okay man's good pen. god i can't i i will never get over that probably <laughs> ever uh so what i find we don't have any stories about him being born or growing up he just kind of shows up and that yeah. was very much our experience of him he as just well. dropped down from heaven he and showed up. Yeah. yeah exactly just popped in um much now, like manuel lin manuel miranda that is true we didn't get heaven. any prophecies about his birth that i know of <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there are some modern interpretations of some of the chapters that we read where they talk about the prophetess uh to actually mm. mean him referring to his own wife Oh, yeah, wow. I, I did come That's across that weird. too. Yeah, yeah. Like, is God speaking through her too, or does she just automatically well, become a prophetess because she, because she's married to a prophet? There's both theories. It's, yeah. it's not sure whether she was also able to have that gift, the prophetic gift, or huh. if it's just she's the wife of the prophet. She becomes the prophetess by wow. default. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. clarify, again, this interpretation goes so far to explain. Yeah, they had two sons. Hmm. The oldest, our Cain favorite. And Abel. No, our favorite, Sheer Jashub. Oh, right. Sheer <laughs> Jashub, yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. the younger Mobile one. Dub Ma- dub, yeah. And the younger one, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Oh, that that's the other one, right. Oh, yes. uh, he's the one he wrote in the envelope Marshall in Chris Angel Ali? style. Ali? Yeah. <laughs> Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Okay, we need to get Maharshal Ali to play him, though. <laughs> okay. I love him. He um, already has two Oscars. I like that a Again, lot of our casting... Again, should get him a third, okay? A lot He's of our casting for this show is just on how similar is your name to this <laughs> person fine. in the it's thing. It's fine, you know? Like, Christian fine, Bale whatever. got his role that way. Like, yeah, totally. Uh, so, Isaiah uh, also shows up in Islam as well. Uh-huh. Okay, His yeah. Islam name is often Ishaya or Shia specifically he's Shia not LaBeouf. specifically we'll cast him for that role <laughs> cool i got it he's kind of on the outs right now but we'll see when when we we'll actually see, get yeah. on it cast him he's room. already living with miranda no, no not as isaiah not as, his as son. isaiah yeah no but i was saying that isaiah is in islam and his name oh, is shia he has a different oh, name. Shia. Oh. okay what so if wrong. we hire shia labeouf to do the voiceover for the Arabic version of the movie. Great. Like, Get Shia LaBeouf to just speak Arabic. <laughs> yeah. Learn Arabic real quick to Amazing. ADR it. Okay, perfect. Oh my goodness. Um, so also shows up in Islam. He's not specifically mentioned by name in the Quran, but he's shown up in different Islamic texts and sources. Now, here's the interesting thing, is I found a lot of stories about Isaiah's death specifically. Oh. My... I know oh, this is jump- I know this is jumping ahead. However, yeah. my under- my understanding is that Isaiah's death is not mentioned in the Bible. Oh. Like we're he not going like, to come fades across his away. Kind of just I think he writes his book and then he drops the mic and, and he's out. out. Uh-huh. And we right. move on to other prophets. Like goes okay. and lives on a private island. Yeah. yeah. However, good friend. In Islamic texts and in like rabbinical texts, they mm-hmm. share stories of his death, and there's slightly Ooh. different versions of it. However, the common theme is that Isaiah 
hides inside a tree. Huh. What? Somehow. That sounds like ins- the game that I just finished, God of War, where we have to cut a guy out of a tree. Huh. And he's well, like in there for it's kind a long of like time. That. For like he's he's centuries. scared of the king. He hides inside a tree. Yeah, that sounds about right. Somehow uh-huh. he's kind of given away. Like in one version of the story, the, the fringes on his clothing sticks out and he's given away and so the king fringes i know and the king orders the tree sawed in half and he dies from being sawed in half that's horrifying and also a lot like god of war well they probably ripped it off i'm or god yeah i mean maybe the bible ripped it off of um you know greek and roman mythology maybe that's possible yeah it's possible. I guess we'd have to look at the timeline. Um, now, here's the interesting thing: is as early as or as soon as 2018, just a few years ago, yeah, there was an archaeologist who found a the body seal. of Isaiah in a tree. No, what? No, <laughs> the bones okay. of Isaiah. Who they found, found a, a seal. seal that they think belonged or was referencing the prophet Isaiah. Like they found it in an excavation that was really close to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It was okay. really close to a seal that okay. that had the name of Hezekiah on it as well. And so on the seal, it had the name of Isaiah written on it. And then it says NVY and it's cut off. And they don't know whether that NVY is the word prophet or if it's just a continuation of his name being Navi. So either it's Isaiah the prophet like, or Isaiah Navi. Wait, Navi? Listen, like, I'm going to float around and listen. Exactly. Like that? Okay. Exactly. Cool. Um, wow. Here we are. So yeah. So this is, I, this is like the most compelling archaeological evidence that they found connected to Isaiah. Wow. That's that's amazing. I I also now I just looked up. I just did a Google search for hiding in a tree to see what would happen, and I found uh-huh. this six step instructables about how to make a hiding spot in a tree. Oh, and this person's first of all, all their pictures are like motion blurry and terrible, taken from like a phone from the early two thousands or something. And the 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 writing goes like this: I was in the woods thinking about random stuff. I was thinking about how to hide stuff from my brothers. Then it hit me. Hide it inside a tree. So I found a pine tree. That was kind of out of the way and tried to figure out how to do this. This is the process I went through to make a pretty cool hiding spot in a tree. And it's like step by step how to like take your knife and like carve out a little hole in the tree and and put it. Was it written by Isaiah? I think it might have been. I love this too. Now... The last step goes, now you need to tack the bark cover onto the tree. When you do this, you only need to tack the top so that you can open close the hole when you need to get stuff in slash out. Now you have a hole that you can hide random stuff in. I hid my knife in there so my brothers couldn't find it and hurt themselves. I'm so caring, I know. Yeah. I know the cover doesn't completely (laughs) cover it, but I made this in like 10 minutes, so it's okay. And I didn't take the bark from the tree away from the hole, but whatever. Wow. That's the end okay. of the article. Good. Okay. Well, we've learned a lot in this particular bonus episode. <laughs> I think we There's a lot to unpack. Like, I hope that you all enjoyed it. My goodness. Um, I'm so interested to see what happens further with Isaiah. I'm sure that it'll just continue to be that fever dream. And you know what? We're we're along for this ride. We have strapped in. We have uh, ridden this roller coaster. We are on the ride. So here we go. 
We hope that you take that ride with us and we'll see you next time.